Hello, and welcome to the 21 News Podcast. I'm Robert McFerrin. The 1972 unsolved murder of 12-year-old Brad Bellino of Boardman dominated headlines in the Valley for years. On Tuesday, after 50 years, Boardman police held a news conference identifying Joseph Norman Hill as their primary suspect in the death of the child through DNA evidence. Hill died in California in 2019. Joining us today is Glenn Bowers, one of the patrolmen who was called to the Bellino scene on that day and who went on to become a detective, captain, and chief with the department from 1990 to 2000. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me. First, tell us, what was Boardman like in 1972? Well... The, the mall was built in 69, and I started on the department in 69. I think part of the mall was finished in 70, and 224 was three lanes. And it was pretty much a bedroom, pretty sleepy community with not a lot of crime. Uh, it was There were no bars in Boardman at the time, not the traffic that's there today. And uh, the department was very small. I think at that time, we probably had about 12 officers. You were one of the first officers to arrive at the scene after being notified of a child being found dead inside of a dumpster after a weekend search for a missing child. What are your memories of the Bellino murder case investigation? Well, I remember, I think he uh, was found on a Monday after Easter. And the dispatcher was only my myself and George Statler, a good friend of mine, were on duty at the time. And she gave me a call and she said, go to the rear of Isley's in the plaza. Well, you know, I said, what's that in reference? I never forget. What's that in reference to radio? She said, just go there. She didn't want to put out over the air what, what had occurred because a lot of people monitored the news, uh, our, our broadcast, including news media. So I think she was trying to minimize the commotion and turmoil that would resolve if that got out. So I drove back there and there was a, a trash company there with a couple guys and Statler joined me. And, and you could see the young man when you got up to the dumpster. Uh, with the belt around his neck and obviously a, a very gruesome sight and, and disturbing because you, you always hope when somebody turns up missing that it's going to have a happy ending, but in so many cases it doesn't. So from a police officer's perspective on this, do unsolved murders like the Bellino case take their toll on law enforcement who investigate them? I don't, I, I think they have to. Uh, it, it varies with the individual, but uh Policemen, whether it be fee, females or males, they have children, they have families, and they can, in the back of their mind, realize this could have been my son, my daughter. And I think children who, in so many cases, are, are you know, are not an adult, they, they don't have the ability to protect themselves as maybe an adult would. So I think there's a, an emotional tie there when it comes to children. And yes, I, I, I can't imagine that it doesn't. I know over the years I was there, we we made progress to the point that we had negotiated into our labor agreements. If our officers were exposed to a traumatic event, and that was a pretty broad term, uh, we would send them for at least one uh, bit of counseling. And in that world of law enforcement, there's a lot of macho that goes on. And, and had we not put it into the labor agreement, most guys, particularly men, would not want to, I don't need it, I don't want to go. But I had guys come back to me after some events and thank me that that they did go and it did help them. So I'm, I'm sure they still have that today that, you know, we're far more sophisticated today than we were back when I started. When, when did you first learn that the uh, there was a possible crack in this case and how did it make you feel? Well, 
I heard about it a little while ago. I, I still have some connections to the department. Uh, I, when I, I watched the, uh, I'm out of town and I watched the, uh, the, the press conference and I was very proud to have been a member. In fact, I sent a uh, email to Captain Kakasik and told him I thought he conducted himself in a professional manner and that I thanked him for the work that he and, and the other, and there's a multitude of people that worked this case over 50 years. And I, I have what my regret is that Steve Baylock, who was a good friend of mine who worked side by side with me, he and Bob Rupp were the investigators on this case initially. And Steve and Bob both worked tirelessly for years. And I only regret he died last man. It's, it's sad to me that he wasn't around to see it come to conclusion. There were some leads on the case over the years, um, but uh, was Joseph Hill, who was a um, Boardman police announced this week, was the person responsible for the Bolina boy's death. Uh, was he ever a suspect in the case? Do you know? Not to my knowledge. I, I, I never heard that name. I mean, we had people we thought may have been potential suspects. And, and over the years, things were done to try and tie them to it. Uh, but uh, obviously, I know the people I thought might have been involved. I was dead wrong. And uh, there was never enough evidence to bring any of them to trial. But uh, I, I'm just pleased that they did. It's unfortunate that the that the man's deceased and can't be brought to trial. But that's, you know, you go 50 years and it, even his parents, his parents aren't around to have discovered that the, their son's murder was was discovered. And I think he has a, a brother and a sister that may know. But uh, it's. You know, it's it's. I'm glad it's done. Uh, I'm proud of the department for the work they did. And, uh, it just shows that you never give up. And of course, the technology has changed dramatically in those years. Uh, it's it's just. I remember at the time of that incident, we had Youngstown Police come out their crime lab to process the dumpster, looking for evidence. And we we got a lot of support from them over the over the case and. Uh, you know, everybody in the department at that time, I think, helped run leads. But uh, but Steve and the Baylog and Bob Rupp were the primary men. And when cold cases that are that you've worked are solved, do you get a sense of at least some closure? Do you think other officers do as well? I think so. I think that if you're involved in those cases, I mean, I worked cases. I, I worked homicides. I solved some homicides with the help of other detectives. And it's a very satisfying feeling to solve and bring to justice somebody who commits the absolute worst crime you could commit is to, to take somebody's life. And if you can discover who they are that did it and uh, and bring them to justice, I mean, you can't bring the victims back, but you can bring some some justice to those that do it and hopefully some comfort to the family members that are left behind. You worked with the department for a long time. Are there other cases like the Bellino case that you've worked uh, in your career that uh, are similar as far as haunting you over the years? Well, I, there was a, a young man uh, named uh, David Baird, or Dave, David Evans in 75 or 76 turned up missing and was found in Boardman. And that case I did do some work on. And, and again, Baylog and Rupp were involved in that case. And that has has not to this date been solved. And there was a younger man that was found on Lake Park Road. Uh, Bird was his name, and he lived up on Afton. Those those are three young men that those were all unsolved uh, till the first one. Now the break. I, I don't I don't think 
the one on Lake Park Road, Baird has any connection to this. The other one, I don't know. I'm sure the department's going to take a hard look at that. And you also worked the Stephen Masters case, correct? Yes, I did. I worked I worked Stephen Masters. And when you work on cases that this was a case of young adults in this case, but does it have the same impact? Well, yeah. I mean, she was a young girl, 19, 20 years old. Uh, it, it, you know, I, to me, it was just senseless. Uh, we, you know, the motivation for what we could determine uh, was for financial gain. And uh, it just just I had a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that you'd kill somebody laying in bed that was your wife of five months for financial reasons. And uh, when we were able to bring it to justice, and I think at the time that that trial was the longest trial in Mahoney County, uh, it was a challenging case. And again, you had some satisfaction solving it. But I, I remember standing on the courthouse steps after the trial. And the verdict had been read. And I thought to myself, standing out there, I thought, well, you're not really a winner. You've got a young girl that's dead and her parents and her two sisters are never going to have to see her again. And you got another family who lost a, a pretty articulate, bright young man who was only 19 or 20 years old at the time of a crime that was going to prison for 25 years. And I'm thinking, I, I don't know how you can call anybody a winner in that. And and you've been retired for some time, but these cases, you still think about them? Yeah, I mean, the ones that aren't solved, I, mean, I have satisfaction in the one that I was in, ones that I was involved in that we did solve, that we, we were able to bring families some closure and some justice. Uh, but yeah, the, the, these, these particular case, I mean, Steve, over the years, he and I always maintained our friendship and, and I know it, it, it bothered him. You know, you want to know why it happened and who did it. And, like I said, I, if there's any regrets I have through the whole thing, I, I just wished he was still around to uh, to know that it's been solved. Bob Rupp, I know, is aware of it. He, he was, I think, at the press conference and uh, another good detective. So, no, I'm just, like I said, I'm very proud of our department uh, for the work that was done by countless people over the years to, you know, to continue to, to go after a case that is that old, I think, is a credit to Boardman PD and to the men and women that work there. Mr. Bowers, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your joining us on the podcast, and we look forward to speaking to you sometime in the future. Okay, thank you.